Big congratulations to Basement Brothers Collectibles. You won the giveaway from last week. Comic fam, let's talk about some trending funny books. Expensive paper. Comic books. Happy holidays, comic familia. Hit the subscribe, slap the like. We got an Overstreet Price Guide advisor at the table. Russ, hit him with number 10. Number 10 on the list, A-Force number one. Now, this is the 2015 volume, and we are seeing $20 average sales and an $80 recent high sale. But keep in mind, there was a $188 high sale back in October. I have a feeling we're going to see those spike. We've got twice as many copies sold this week because we're hearing rumors. A-Force has been on spec radar for over two years, largely since Endgame. This week, Kevin Feige announced a secret project for Scarlett Johansson that has nothing to do with Black Widow. Many members believe that it has something to do with A-Force, causing an uptick in copies sold of 2x in the last seven days. Keep an eye out for the Adam Hughes variant. I still think that that book is going to see some major increases more than it has in the last two years. Scarlett Johansson being a producer on an all-female team sounds amazing. This is also the first cameo appearance of Singularity as well as the first assembling of the entire A-Force team. At the list at number nine, David Aja, Matt Fraction, goodness, Hawkeye issue number two, the first team up of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, causing $20 average sales and a high sale for a CGC 9.6 of $116. Absolutely no shock that this book is on the list this week. It's a 700% increase because the new Hawkeye show just dropped on Disney Plus and it is fantastic. Fantastic. This is a great book, and you have to keep in mind that this is the 2012 series. There are a bunch of Hawkeye and all-new Hawkeye series that are released around this time, and a bunch of keys are throughout these. I have a strong feeling that we will be seeing more Hawkeye on this list in the coming weeks. Two episodes dropped this past week of the Hawkeye show on Disney+, and the one big takeaway that I took that I had so much fun watching was the relationship between both of these archers and seeing Kate Bishop origin tale told why she was inspired by Clint Barton and why she wants to take on that Ronin suit and cause a ruckus. It is great to see the torch being passed from Hawkeye to Hawkeye. Keep in mind that this issue, a number two, has five different printings and all of them have a little bit different on every single cover. And I think that's going to make Hunt fun for you variant guys out there. Use code TOM101 on the best comic app in existence. Hands down, Key Collector Comics. I'm very grateful for this app this past week, Russ. Oh. But <laughs> if you click the variant button on the issue, you're going to see the four other printings of this comic book. They all look very similar. And I think that this is going to be prime for hunting in those dollar bins, especially as the con scenes open up. Support the show. Use the code BETTERTHEHUNT and hit them with number eight. Number eight on the list, brand new this week, Wonder Woman Black and Gold. Number six, the one in 25, David Nakayama variant. This book is hot. I got so many calls and requests for this book at the shop. And you know what? I didn't order more than 10 copies of the main cover, which did not qualify me for the one in 25. And I think that's going to stoke the fire for this book. $90 average sales, high sale of 150 bucks for a one in 25. This is a gorgeous book. David Nakayama is a incredible artist. He really went all out when he announced this. He even said it himself that he believes this to be his best cover of the entire year. Now, I have to hear from an LCS though. Issue six of this book hitting these heights for a one in 25 seems like 
something that we should have expected with issue five, the one in 25 variant by Rose Besh making our list in the last couple weeks. However, I don't think that that's what happened. Well, this is tough because there are a bunch of Wonder Woman series going on right now. I think there are three or four going simultaneously. And this mini series had a bunch of people order the first couple issues and then it kind of scaled back. So the fact that number five had a one in 25 by Rose Besh that made our list last month. And now we're talking about the number six, one in 25. Shops didn't have the opportunity to increase their orders to qualify for a 1 in 25. We already missed that deadline. So low print run, low orders from the shops, and an absolute fire book by Nakayama. Yeah, it's just the perfect storm. David Nakayama does such classy work. His covers are very akin to someone who is well-versed in graphic design, similar to like John Tyler Christopher. He knows how to use the background to his advantage, making full portraits of characters in a soft, clean way, very memorable. The beauty shines through. And then with that solid background coming in, it makes sense why we are seeing a Wonder Woman Low print, black and gold variant. See the heights that it's seeing. Now, let's take a look at number seven on the list because we got to talk some Earthworm Jim. I'm so excited about this one. Number seven on the list, Earthworm Jim number one. $50 average sales, $350 for a CBCS 9.8. I mean, this was a great video game back in the day. For those of you that were fans of the Marvel Absurd line, we had Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, and the fact that Earthworm Jim had a comic back in 1994. A lot of kids bought it and read the heck out of it, so getting a high-grade one's going to be tough. And a lot of people don't know that Dan Slott wrote this one. Whoa, I mean, this is one of those things that there's so much Slot hate for his amazing Spider-Man run, but his Earthworm Jim run was really fun fun for all three issues. Well, Variety reports, and there was a trailer that dropped this past week, a teaser for the new animation show that looks incredibly epic, a 550% uptick in copies sold week over week. And we heard these like leaks, the rumors rumbling, like what, two and a half years ago? Oh my gosh, that's right, Tom. Almost three years ago when we started doing this trending list, there were rumblings in the industry that something Earthworm Jim was coming. Well, he's actually surfaced now and we're seeing that there is new projects happening. He's older. He's got a brand new suit. He has more individuals part of his team, but he still has his gun and apparently... He has a heater in that suit to keep his butt warm. Next at the list at number six, Miles Morales coming back strong. What is this, 2020 again? Ultimate Fallout issue number four. $780 average sales, 9.8, back at 3K. What's up? Are you sure this isn't the hot 10 list with Gem Mint? I, I mean, we haven't talked about a book this hot on this list in quite some... Oh my God. But Ultimate Fallout 4, it's never going anywhere. And the fact that Miles Morales very possibly could supplant Tom Holland in the very near future. Tom has already talked about how he doesn't want to be playing Spider-Man in a decade, which means the torch is getting passed. And who better to than Miles Morales? This book, making it on our list this week, really matters. We saw a double up in copies sold. 2x in seven days. This is an expensive book. This is one that people are hoarding, still actively purchasing, but one that took a little bit of a lull. But I'll remind the community that back in October 2020, a insider told key collector comics that not only was casting done for miles that they were in active development for a live action miles morales property well rumors started circulating this last week that sony 
has said that they are indeed actively developing this project and that it's going to lead with none other than Miles. For a book that's almost $800 raw, two times is almost unheard of. This is the type of thing where you see a book that's in the $800 to $1,000 range and you're going to get 115%, 120% because it's so expensive. People really believe in this book and where it's going. Comic fam, keep an eye out for the Matt DeMossi stained glass shattered variant that came out at New York City Comic Con. I love this thing. Every time Matt puts months into a variant cover, it's worth it. And it's one that I got to own. We now bring you the Star Wars interlude of our list. Yay! Number five on the list, Kane and the Last Padawan, number six. Now, this is the first full appearance of Hera, the first full appearance of Ezra Bridger, but it's the first full appearance of Sabine Wren. Triple key! Oh, yeah, and the fact that we have casting news that Sabine has been cast, we are now seeing this book, $135 average sales for a raw, $700 sale for a CGC 9.8. This book is going nowhere. 900% increase in cost be sold in seven days. This was an announcement I think that everyone was expecting since we saw Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian. And then we found out that she was going to get her own spinoff series because Rosaria Dawson is so damn good. And now with Thrawn on his way, it means the trifecta has to be there. This is the team. We got Ezra. We got Sabine. We got Ahsoka. We got Thrawn happening. This book is going to keep blowing up we've only begun and with a new actress attached natasha leo bordizzo it's all we needed to see this book see the uptick it did this past week oh but we're not going to stop here number four on the list kane and the last padawan number one we are seeing an 80 dollars average sale and a 350 dollars cgc 9.8 now these are cameo appearances of sabine Hera, and Ezra, but keep in mind that the CGC label says it's first full appearance, so if you want their actual full appearances, get number six. That's right. This is one of those Hulk 180-181 conundrums that took place over five issues and that didn't get realized till quite some time after the release of these books. Issue one shows a one-page, very brief shot of the entire team, and then Boom, narrative takes off in a different direction and you come back to this scene in issue six. Cameo appearance, regardless, this book being that it's selling for less money has seen the same uptick in copies sold in the last seven days. That means something here because it means that there's more copies selling. It's cheaper. So a 900% uptick is monster. Keep in mind, there is also a second print of this book that's going for $400 in a CGC 9.8 and a 1 in 25 variant by Killian Plunkett that is is going for $600, but there are now listings, multiple listings of a 9.8 for the 1 in 25 over $1,000. That is a lot of space cheddar. Comic fam, if that's too much money for you, keep a lookout for that Scotty Young variant. It's very kid-friendly. I enjoy it, but it's selling for under 50 bucks on average. And if you want to support what we do here, we've been doing this every single week for over three years straight. My Thanksgiving looked like eating, hanging out with the fam, helping with dishes, and then while everyone was watching football... I was researching Destroyer Duck. Hit the link in the description. Join the (laughs) December mystery mail call. Get yourself an Oswald's body issue number one. Cover art done by Johnny DeJardins going in one per box. Virgins being sent out at random. And as mentioned, let's chat some Jack Kirby 
Steve Gerber goodness. Number three on the list, Destroyer Duck number one. Now, this book is essentially a big middle finger to Marvel. I mean, it is absolutely crazy that they had such a great team up on this. First appearance to Destroyer Duck, but the reason why this is making the list this week is that it's the first appearance of Sergio Aragones' Grew the Wanderer. $60 average sales, $340 for a CGC 9.6. Can you believe that? Oh my God, that's incredible. This book has never hit these types of highs, and the 9.8, although we haven't seen one sell in a few months, there's one listed at auction with a few days left to go, and it's approaching $800 hot damn. Wow. 550% increase in copies sold this week. That is just a lot for an independent book. But it makes sense because Ur Productions apparently picked up the IP and they're going to be bringing Grew the Wanderer to the screen as an animation series. And here's the thing. Aside from Grew being a beloved independent comic book, I mean, this is just one of those things that when you see things like The Crow and TMNT and Usagi Yojimbo, those types of books spike. I feel like this book should have been valuable long ago. But when you add the Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby aspect to this, this book deserves to be hot regardless of option status. This lawsuit edition was something that was devised by Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby to try and raise money for Steve Gerber's pending legal action against Marvel for the likeness of Howard the Duck, his creation that he had not been appropriately paid for. Jack Kirby would be one of the few artists who would contribute to this run. And we happen to get Gru's first appearance in one of these stories included to help fight that battle of artist rights. This comic should be worth way more than it currently is. I love it. At the list at number two, Grant Morrison, Alex Child, Boom Studios, Proctor Valley Road, issue number one. $4 average sales, $80 highs for a CGC 9.8. After Alex Child, the co-writer, went on a podcast and announced that this Grant Morrison title that he co-created has been optioned, pushing this comic book up in copies sold compared to last week, an increase of 1,150%. Now, this is the reason why I really like this list with you, Tom, because it's not all high-dollar spec. This is a $4 book, and you could still get these on-the-shelf at most comic shops. Now, if you like Goonies, if you like Stranger Things, this is kids and supernatural. It's the type of thing that is really, really great. Proctor Valley Road has spooky things. The kids go down to this, and something crazy happens. Grant Morrison is an incredible writer. Alex Child does a great job on this as well. Again, this is one of those books that if you're not reading, you should be in on it, and it's a great entry level right now. If you're looking for something a little bit more collectible, keep in mind that there is also a 1 in 25 and a 1 in 50 Peach Momoko cover. An intriguing decision that Boom decided to do with this Peach Momoko incentive. The 1 in 25 is the trade dress. The 1 in 50 is the virgin, or as Boom likes to call them, undressed versions. Peach Momoko is traditionally doing superhero, very friendly covers. We know that she is a horror artist at heart, and she's able to display that on these covers. I think these are easily going to be the most sought-out-after variants of the entire run. Comic fam, what do you think about this list? In the comment section below, like and subscribe. It'll enter you to win a maestro number one Comic Tom Milky Comics exclusive. Russ, hit him with the number one trending book in the cosmos. Number one on the list, Noctira number one. This 
is an incredible book that Tom and I have talked about multiple times. Back on the list and absolutely on fire. $18 average sales, $115 for CGC 9.8 in November. But even back in September, we saw a high sale of $179.99. That's right. Because in August, Scott Snyder was spilling the beans, letting everyone know that this was indeed optioned and coming to Netflix. But we got the official announcement this past week that has pushed interest in this comic book up again, an increase of 207% in the last seven days as far as copies sold goes. And we're actually going to cover this, me and Fire Guy Ryan, on the next Bags and Boards podcast, so stay tuned for that breakdown, but the narrative is great. We need more post-apocalyptic, horror, monster-styled things, and it's going to be perfect for Netflix because that's where this show is headed. I am so excited because Robert Patino, the writer from DMZ and Westworld, is slated to produce this, and I think that is going to be an amazing team up. Keep in mind, guys, that there are a ton of variants for this book, including four that Jock did. That's right. You know, I want to point out some of the ones that I think are the most promising at this point, because there are a bunch of them, and they reuse some of these covers, as you just mentioned. So there was a secret variant. How did that play out at your shop? Because that's hitting $30 average sales. Nine eights hitting 600 at its height back in September. You can get them around four to 500 right now. However, there's only 11 currently on the census at 9.8. So I don't think a lot of people got this book graded at a 9.8. And some places are reporting that it was one per store, but we ended up getting three copies. So I think it was actually like a one in 10 or a one in 15. It was randomly interspersed into the print run. So the secret variant is exciting to me because at release with a plethora of variants available, hearing that there is this one that you may not be able to get caused buzz then. And I think that's resurfacing now, which is why we're seeing such a giant number for this very minimally changed variant. I mean, her mask is just on in one where it's not on the other. This is a lot like the Marvel variants where they had a secret variant every 10th issue or so, and maybe the mask was on, or maybe they were bloody, or maybe Wolverine's claws out or something like that. I mean, it's just a cool thing that publishers do every once in a while. A minor change, but enough to keep it very intriguing. Then we have, as you mentioned, multiple issues of the same art that Jock did. And I think with Jock behind the cover, it makes it a very strong potential for spec. However, because they reused it so many times, I think it diluted it. Now, a lot of people love Jock as an artist, myself included, and the fact that they had him as an open to order and then one that only 150 were made, well, people were chasing these and they had some that were signed, but I think the one that is the rarest and the toughest to get is the red foil that was only available during the live stream. That's right. Skybound does a Comics Vault live live stream where they sell comic books and on Facebook, they'll do their new product and over on Whatnot, they'll actually drop stuff from the vault. And there is a 9.8 jock red foil cover that they sold exclusively through their online channel. I think that one of all the rest are outshining the rest. And that's not just because it's a red foil. And there's one more that you gotta keep an eye out. You know, it'd be Zoe Lucky. This is such a great variant, and it's so out of the ordinary. If you look at the rest of the Noctira variants, it it really just does. It's very much, you know, Zoe's great profile portrait of the main character, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful low print run variant. 
There were 500 printed of the normal Zoe Lucky variant. That one's seeing strong sales, $150 for a 9.8. However, unlike the rest of the covers where this one looks very vibrant, totally stands out from the jock covers, from the secret variant covers, from all the rest, there was also a one in a hundred printed metal covers. And what do we know about metal covers, Russ? Metal covers come back graded very highly because it is tough to damage them. So you end up seeing nine nines and 10.0s on metal and square bound more often than you do on normal bound comic books. The metals are going for $200 raw, $350 for a 9.8. And with a hundred printed, that one may be the one that we really got to watch because it may surprise the world. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. Comic fam, join us on Whatnot Wednesday every single Wednesday. You're there, Russ. Yes, Tom. Me, Nerdy Girl, Comic Skeleton Key Comics, you, your dad, Comic Pops, Golden Age Guru, and the powerful Rage Theo. Every single one of us selling on Wednesday. Gem Mints, join the group. Come join us on the best new app to buy and sell collectibles. And we're both going to be at Emerald City this next week. So if you are on the con floor shopping for comics, Come find us. The whole team's going to be there. We haven't seen anyone in quite a long time. We're excited to see you, the comic community, the best community in the world. Have a great week.